Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. Uh, Good to be back with you after our mission trip. Uh, and uh, the mission trip was an amazing success, and I'll share a little bit about it in a moment, but I want to remind you that this is the show where you are the, you are the one that really drives the show. We want you to call. You have a question. <clears throat> you have a prayer request. You want to talk about something biblical uh, that, that we can dive into the scriptures together. Uh, this is this show is less a Bible answer show and more a pastoral care show where we fellowship together over the airwaves. And then, of course, you can listen to it later on a podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast. There is a dedicated Calvary Live podcast uh, that is on uh, the major podcast uh, services. Let me see. I'm going to look it up and see. I'm going to put it right into the search engine here. I'm on my iTunes uh, Calvary Live uh, podcast. Let's see. When I put in the word Calvary Live, it is the first one uh, that pops up right there on the left. It says Calvary Live, various pastors. And so each one of these, as they're edited and put together, we, uh, we post here, and I can see that uh, some of these are very popular. Um, you can subscribe and get this delivered to you as soon as they get posted. And I see that uh, quite a few of them uh, have a lot of listenership. So do it. Subscribe. Calvary Live Podcast. All you have to do is put that in, and you'll see the logo pop up. And uh, would love to to hear. I see the latest one that was posted is from 912 with Cody King. And uh, we have different pastors that are a part of this. And uh, you can go back. It looks like we have 70 of them posted since May, uh, Calvary Live. So you can podcast that. But now you're on the air. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. You can also text me directly, 720-336-0897. Uh, welcome everyone listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and various stations that carry this around the country. Uh, we are glad you're with us, and you can call during the show, and you will have your questions answered live, but you're probably listening to it on a one-week delay, so just keep that in mind. It's a one-week delay, but you you it's kind of cool for anyone outside of Colorado because you get to you get to have your question answered like in the moment, and then you can listen the following week and hear yourself on the radio. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. As we wait for calls to come in, I want to give you a very special invitation that's unique to today. And I know sometimes we play these as um, archives 
or excuse me, encore presentations. But today I have to date the program because we have a very important evening here at Calvary Church that we're calling <clears throat> a night of hope. And I want to personally invite you. This is one of those services that you're going to want to come to tonight at 7 p.m. here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, we're right on Hampton, one block east of Tower Road. And tonight's a night of hope. And let me explain it to you. Uh, what we're doing tonight. <clears throat> we're gathering together as we normally do. We have normal midweek services here, but we're switching things up because of a great tragedy that just occurred not too many days ago with a pastor at a sister church. I know many of you listening to Grace FM, you hear Greg Laurie on our station. Uh, he is a gifted evangelist and is a part of the Calvary Chapel family. Uh, he's also associated with the Southern Baptists, and God is using him in incredible ways. We're just so grateful for our relationship with Pastor Greg. As a matter of fact, uh, six years ago, when uh, my son passed away, someone told Pastor Greg, and he called me personally. I, I don't know him personally, although uh, we've crossed paths many times and been in the same place many times, but I don't know him personally, but I love him personally. I love him. I love Greg and Kathy and pray for them all often because 11 years ago his son passed away and you know you just you become a part of a club that nobody wants to join well uh, last week uh, at Harvest Christian Fellowship one of their young dynamic assistant pastors pastor Jared Wilson committed suicide and uh, it's a tragedy anyway um, any way you look at it and we, we've seen uh, an increase in discouragement, <clears throat> depression. Uh, we've seen an increase even in suicides in our city, in our, in our state, in our, in our realm of ministry, as I'm sure you've seen in your churches, in your community. And we want to provide a night of hope tonight to encourage, to encourage you and how to minister to people, to encourage you perhaps in your own difficult situation, and so we're going to gather together for a time of worship, singing together. And then we're going to have a special video Bible study, a Bible study on video <clears throat> from Pastor Greg Glory that he delivered to his own church. And when I watched it live myself, I said, man, we have got to share this with our church. And I made the decision right then and there that we're going to switch up our services <clears throat> to... Um, to, to show this. And so it's actually twofold tonight. Uh, Pastor Greg Laurie is going to teach a Bible study, and then right after uh, Pastor Greg's message, he invites Kay Warren to share some practical insights on mental health issues, on ministering with mental health issues, um, and suicide in particular, because you may not be so familiar with the name Kay Warren, but you're probably very familiar with her husband's name, Rick Warren. He's the pastor at Saddleback Church in Orange County, California, and Kay is his wife. And some of you know their story very personally because Pastor uh, Rick and Kay uh, lost their son, who also committed suicide. And we also have uh, a very close um, person in our church um, very close partner in ministry, whose father uh, committed suicide about six years or six weeks ago, and so it's just 
it's very difficult um, and very hard. And we want to provide an outlet of a reminder of God's hope. And, you know, I'll probably put a Bible study together myself, but I felt like um, Pastor Greg did such a great job, and he spoke from the heart to his church that I would like him to speak to our church and to our community. So we're going to air it live on Grace FM. We're going to air it live on our live stream. And, of course, we're going to be here. And those of you that watch live stream, you know by now that it's not the same as being here. So I'm just asking you to rearrange your night tonight, and I'm asking you to do that for the sake of you, your family. Um, Rearrange your schedule and be at Calvary Church tonight. Um, And of course, if you have a midweek Bible study in your own church, support your own church, and then watch the archive. Uh, We'll post the archive, and we'll make links available. Uh, You should sign up to be on our email list. We send out information that way. Sign up to be a part of um, our—get our app, because we send out— updates on our app. So just go to your app store and put in Calvary Ed Taylor or Calvary Aurora and download our free app. We use that a lot here to get information out. And, you know, we just want to um, serve you. That's it. We're not asking for anything. Um, we, we aren't. We, we're, just, we're just inviting you to participate. Uh, we're inviting you to come tonight together with the body of Christ, and allow Pastor Greg and Kay Warren to encourage you and to strengthen you and to uh, help you um, in these areas. And then we're going to have a flyer. Uh, Pastor Micah put together a flyer for us with Cassandra's help uh, to um, give you some resources. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have those resources available for you tonight, but we will have them in our bookstore um, our bookstore opened up again, and uh, so we've ordered some. Uh, it's not as big as it used to be, and we don't have as many resources as we used to be, but we're very focused on what we are going to carry in our bookstore. And so we put an order in today. We'll have these resources in our bookstore here pretty soon. So um, I know that's a big um, interview uh, introduction, but I wanted to catch you up. Um, I'll probably share more about our mission trip at, at an appropriate time, but... Um, you know, praise God for his faithfulness. So let me get right back to uh, the phone lines. We'll just start here. Uh, we're going to go to Colorado Springs. Karen is on the line. Karen, welcome to the program. Thank you. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. What can I do for you? Uh, I was calling for a question and for prayer. Okay. My question is, um, Pastor, um, I was reading last night, trying to do a little bit at a time because I don't want to overwhelm myself. Okay. So uh, with First Timothy, I can't pronounce his name correctly, but I think it's Haman, Hamanus. Uh, Hymenius, uh-huh. Hymenius. <clears throat> oh, okay. Hymenius and Alexander. Yes. What? Well, what I'm confused about is when um, Paul was saying that uh, he gave them or, or sent them to Satan. Yes. Because were they teaching or preaching the wrong things is what he was saying. Yes. And he gave them to Satan because they were, I guess, blaspheming and disobedient. Yes. So that's what that's what he was meaning that he he just 
what, what does he mean he gave unto Satan? Well, there's a couple things he can mean. Let me read it for everyone. I'll read the whole passage here. It's um, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 18. It says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I deliver to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So there's a couple ways to look at this. One is, is that um, he, um, what, what Paul has done is backed away from them, backed out of any kind of fellowship with them, and allowed them to be outside of the protection of Christian fellowship and outside the protection of Christian friendship uh, to allow the, the world and the devil to really press in on them and bring them to a place of repentance. Or, uh, um, probably the one I lean on more, is that this phrase was also used by Paul in Corinthians to describe church discipline. And the idea of church discipline is to remove um, people that are rebellious, unrepentant, sinning, saying they say they're believers, they're in a covenant relationship with a body of believers, and church discipline has been described as delivering them over to Satan, which the idea is they're no longer under the protection of the church. Um, They're on their own, and they're going to have to deal with their sin. Uh, They can't pretend anymore. They're exposed for who they are, and through the through the exposure of the of the devil, the flesh, and the world, they'll come to their senses, and like here, they'll learn not to blaspheme. They'll repent and return. So I, I think that he's referring more to church discipline here than anything. Okay. Okay, so I was close. Because you know, okay. none of us can none of us can give anyone to the devil. You know, like none of us. Even if I said, "Okay, Joe, I hand you over to the devil," I I don't have any power to do that. Um, but but I can say I'm going to withdraw from fellowship. You you are not going to get the benefit of a relationship with me as a believer when you're in rank rebellious sin, and then you're going to have to suffer the consequence of being separated from fellowship. Okay. But I think Paul was speaking as an apostle, because, you know, he's addressing Timothy as his pastor, and I think that was an official phrase that that refers to church discipline. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. What's your prayer Um, request? My prayer request is, Lord, pray um, that my husband, they send my husband back to Colorado Springs from, he's over in Italy, to come back in uh, next year, January. They they's trying to make the soldiers extend three years over there, but they're not supposed to do that. But they're trying to do that. Okay. So I'm praying that God tear those those thoughts up and bring them back. W- would that mean if he had to do three years, would he be separated you for from you for another three years? Another year. He's been another there year. two years already, okay. and that's as far as they're supposed to be separated from their families. This too is a hardship. <clears throat> but they're trying to make them stay, extend another year. Well, let's get him home. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we we pray on behalf of Karen for her husband that that he would be able to come home as he's finished his commitment and he's honored his commitment and the family has um, paid a high price 
Um, I'm thankful for her husband standing in the gap for our country, putting his life on the line for our country. But we ask and we petition and, and we request, God, that he would be able to come home and be reunited with his family, strengthened and built up for the next season of his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. I, is, is it I okay? Love you so I listen to it every day. I, it, I get off work. I catch <clears> it. Oh, good. Is it okay to say what country he's in? He's in uh, Vincenza. Oh, because I was just in Ferrara, Italy. I don't know how close that is to them. Um, oh. And our missionary there is in the Italian Air Force. Oh, wow. And he's got a 30 year commitment, I think, is what he made. That's a that's a career, of course. That's a career. Yep. That's right. But he's doing that and past, planting and pastoring a church in Ferrara, Italy. Oh, wow. So whenever you think of your husband, remember to pray for Lorenzo and Bethany in Ferrara. Lorenzo and Bethany. Okay. I uh, will do that. Call us back and let us know what happens with your husband, okay? Yes, sir. Thank, Thank- you. And you said you're... Um, Pastor, you said your app is uh, Calvary Ed Taylor yeah. Aurora? Yeah, if you put in Calvary Ed Taylor, the app will pop up right away. Okay. Oh, and your email. Uh, Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org. At, what is it again? Calvary? Uh, Calvary. Here, you know what? I've got a new email address. I forgot about that. It's much easier. Oh. You ready? Okay. It's I'm Ed... Ready. At edtaylor.org. dot org. T a y l o r dot org. It has to be o r g. Don't send it to dot com. It has to be o r g. Okay. What's the beginning again? Pa- is it pastor? No, it's just Ed. Ed at edtaylor.org. dot org. Oh, Ed at Okay, got it. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Have Bye-bye. a blessed day. Thank you. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and questions, Doug's been waiting in Fort Lupton, Colorado. Doug, welcome to the program. Hey, Doug, you're on the air. Did I hit two? I hit two. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Hello? Rudy, you're on. I hit two instead, so Rudy, we'll just stick with you in Denver. Rudy, welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you. I'll get to you in a minute, Doug. Don't Don't hang up. Rudy, what's your question? Well, I was uh, like, I came across a, a, a dinosaur exhibit coming to town, and uh, I just kind of briefly uh, just kind of told my friend that I, I think it's a lot of it is just, you know, out of schools and books are misleading our children, uh, uh, you know, into believing that, you know, dinosaurs existed millions of years ago, and I believe in creation. You know, I mean, God created it all, and it says... And, in 10 words in the beginning of the Bible, and I don't know how to go further, go on, explain about, you know, why I think, you know, why, why, why I mean, well, I know that it's, you know, it's a bunch of um, nonsense. He says, well, they did live millions of years ago, and he believes in God, though. You know, I mean, he's, he's just, you know, he knows God, and he still believes that the dinosaurs were millions of years ago because sure. of our science textbooks. I know sure. science coincides with you know, religion and stuff, and there's a lot backed up to it, other than what, you know, a lot of these schools are putting in our children's minds real early in age that millions of years ago dinosaurs exist. How do I, any advice on, you know, further knowledge of, of I, this? 
I do. But, I I think I think when we when we talk about this, it's it's important that we stick to 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 the subject, and and the subject is is the Bible true or not? It's a it's a the reason why you hold to a seven day creation um, truth is because that's what the Bible says. That's right. And you believe in a literal interpretation of the Bible. I have to say this is a debatable thing. A lot of people debate on this. But I think sometimes we miss the point of well, how do you explain then what the Bible says? And let me give you a let me give you a website that will help you a lot in this matter. Uh, he's a good friend of the ministry here. His name is Ken Ham, and his website is AnswersInGenesis.org. Answers in Genesis, okay. And and he does a he does a phenomenal job not only giving the basic answer of of what you asked, but but also the. He gives you a substantially detailed answers to scientific questions. And so you can use this website as a resource when your friend comes up with, with answers, or excuse me, with questions. You know? And I think that when, when in, order for, in, in order for the, <clears throat> for the Big Bang, in order, in order for evolution to be true, um, we have a big issue to jump over, and that is that... The, that that before, um, if if you have uh, things that are disintegrating and um, winding down before Adam and Eve, then you actually have the effects of sin before the fall, and and that's not possible. The Bible teaches exact exactly the opposite. That what we see today is a result of the fall. It did not predate the fall. And so we have a we have a general time frame for the fall, and that's the historical uh, generations that are given within the scriptures, and and so you know this isn't one of my expertise, but I, but I do like to come back to the Bible. But Ken Ham, this is his level of expertise, and we know for sure. You know, if the other person's a believer, ask them did did um, did sin come before the fall. Did did the effects of the of the fall of man come before the fall of man? And they have to answer no. Then, then yeah. Then then ask them where does it fit? Then where do the millions of years fit? And I I only thing I kind of really had was just when he talked about that Big Bang. Also, I just you know I there's really no explanation on science and you know that's their theory and who created the Big Bang. There's a trifecta: time, space, and matter. Says in ten words, in the beginning is the time God, you know, made the heavens and the earth. I mean, then that's just the space and matter. But I don't think I kind of had to just think up real quick, and that's that's our creation, and that's what I'm thinking. With. And he was still kind of like, oh, dinosaurs are so big and pre pre you know pre flood days, you know, no no those days of the flood. I think. Species were earthy. Species were a lot bigger than what they were, and lived a lot longer. So you'd have a animal or lizard that looked really big, like dinosaurs were back then. Well, there's a lot to be there's a lot to be said, but if you stick to the scriptures, that that way you'll allow the Holy Spirit to use His Word in your friend's life. That's exactly what I want for this. You know, when, when, I, when I'm you know speaking on that, I kind of just be quiet because I didn't know too much about it. But yeah, uh, answers in Genesis. Answersingenesis.org. Amazing ministry. Okay. Hey, Frank, is there a website for your who you guys are connected with? Here, hold on a second, because um, our producer, Frank, also 
is a part of a creation uh, group here in Colorado, and he is giving me, uh, so you got some local resources here. Uh, the website's very thorough, but it's called the Rocky Mountain Creation Fellowship. So you might want to Google them. Google them. Rocky yeah, Mountain Creation big, Fellowship. Coming on that too. Say that again. Yeah, he said that there's a seminar. A couple of them, or a couple of classes on that coming up soon. Right on. Well, thanks for calling, Rudy. God bless you, bro. 303-690-3000. I am sorry that I hit the wrong button, so let me go to Doug in Fort Lupton. Doug, welcome to the program. Now I got you right. I got the right line, Doug. You're on the air. Are you there? I am now, yes. Oh, there we go. All right. right. Um, Actually, my question was pretty much that first lady that came in talking about being taken out of fellowship. My question was, what does it take to get to that point? How do you deal with the sinner that you're talking to? I mean, we're all sinners and we all fall short. But when you see a sin and they're bringing it into the house of the Lord and you say, this is something that you don't need to be bringing into the house of the Lord, how do you be extreme with somebody still showing the love of Christ before you have to tell them, you know, you're, you're given to the world now? Well, you know, uh, church discipline is necessary. Uh, it's, it's necessary for unrepentant, uh, rebellious, stubborn men or women that refuse to turn away from their sin. And, and so we, I, think you, I think you said it well, Doug. We all walk into, we all bring church into the house of God. Uh, excuse me. We all bring sin into the house of God. Uh, we've all fallen short. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We continue to sin, even though we're not sinless in the Lord. We sin less, but we're not sinless. So we all bring sin into the house of the Lord. What church discipline is reserved for are those that are unrepentant, rebellious, and resistant. And you know, this is where God reveals these things. Like the example that's given to us is in First Corinthians where there was a man that was having unrepentant sexual sin with his mother, with his stepmother. And the church leadership knew about it, the church knew about it, and they refused to deal with it. And when Paul learned about it as the apostle, as the leader, he says, this needs to stop. And if, if it doesn't stop, you remove this guy from fellowship that he might be delivered over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. And, right. and so you used the word... Um, that I want to clarify a little bit, uh, and you use the word extreme, and I don't believe church discipline is an extreme measure. I think it's a normal measure when the Holy Spirit is leading us to confront someone that is in that is in sin that's obvious. For example, um, you know we might we might come in with the sin of pride. That's hard. That's hard to see, right? How would we know? We can't just go around the whole church and go, you're right. in pride, you're in pride. So the Holy Spirit's dealing with them. But you know, if somebody comes to us, um, which we have seen in this church, and we find out that they're committing adultery, uh, the first thing we're going to do is confront them on that. Um, we're going to talk to them. Yeah, you need to repent. Uh, you, you, you're in sin. And I know the verse says... Um I can't recall the the actual address, but if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Better the rest of you go to heaven than something bring you down. And I, you know, I think that verse applies to the body of Christ, not just your body. 
Yeah, I mean the the principle of how to to come to go about through church discipline is given to us by Jesus in Matthew chapter eighteen. We're to confront the person personally and uh, share the case with them. If they repent, then you've gained your brother. If they don't listen, then you take along two or three others, share the same thing. If they don't repent then, then you take it to the church leadership. If they don't repent then, then you remove them from fellowship. And and then you, you pray that they, they're repentant and they return humbled and repentant. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're coming up to the end of the segment, so thanks for calling, my brother. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Hey, we got one open line, 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Can't believe it's the second half of today's program already. So appreciate you guys tuning in, listening in, calling in, um, your input. Sometimes we don't always get to get to the text messages, but thank you guys for texting in and um, I want to just share with you a real quick text exchange that I've uh, been doing uh, during the break. You know, just uh, somebody shared with me how they are upset when churches turn on um, the people involved when a suicide or a, def- a difficulty takes place. And, and so I, I was going back and forth to, um, to clarify um, I'll just kind of read you through the, the string because I want to encourage you and also <clears throat> exhort you. Um, the text was, don't these tragedies reflect the ministries they happen in? <clears throat> People attack the leadership at these times. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, uh, or she said, I'm not sure, they, that people turn on the leaders from those churches somehow, making it their fault like they did with Rick Warren um, and uh, even Greg Glory. And they said, I don't like that. Um, and I said, I, you know, I, the, I said the condemning of others is horrific, um, you know. And then they responded. They seem to say very judgmentally that if they would have done a better job, then um, these people would have gotten help. So can I just say, in light of these, that that first of all, that's a horrific thing to say. Um, and if you're facing, <clears throat> if somebody you loved, somebody close to you. Uh, has committed suicide, I want to share something with you that is important for you to grasp. And you may not fully grasp it now, but I want to, I want to plant the seed in your heart and in your mind. Uh, and, and it's this. There's nothing you could have done to prevent the taking of a life. One of the greatest emotions that, that occurs in a time like this is that I could have done something or I saw these signs, but I didn't do anything about them. And, you know, the oftentimes discouragement, depression is a long lingering emotion, and suicide just happens so quickly. And it, it is like a split-second decision, even though at times they're thinking about it and they're kind of writing notes and such. And, and you don't need to take the weight and the burden it's, it's one of the things that 
that is one of the most devastating things about those that have um, been left after a suicide is it it just is so painful to everyone and it's so horrific and one of the feelings that is a normal feeling is this survivor guilt and you feel guilty like you could have and you should have and i know i can tell you this if you would have if you had different knowledge you would have but it was kept a secret it wasn't broadcast it, it wasn't um, it, it was, even if, you know, sometimes people will post something on Facebook or something real quick, but it wasn't enough time to do anything. And it's just horrific. And I, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to release you from the guilt and, and, and that you might just offer that up, asking God to release you from the guilt. And I agree with this person texting. This, this, this condemning, judgmental attitude is just not, not from the Lord. Um, often people that often people that commit suicide, they're not in their right mind. They're not thinking clearly. They're not thinking of the people that love them and can care for them. They're not. They're, they they see no way out. And can I just say, if that's you today, if you feel stuck and you see no way out, there is a way out. Suicide is not the answer. Jesus Christ took his life, laying it before, offering it to God so that you wouldn't have to. That by faith in him, you can find help and strength. That you would find hope in the moment and that there are people that love you. And, and I just acknowledge to you, it's hard. Um, I, can, I can relate to some degree of the deep, dark pit that you can find yourself in, because I found myself in that similar pit after my son passed away. Um, it was the most devastating thing I experienced in my life. And then you lead to that on top of, um, you know, on top of the death of our son, there was a lot of drama and a lot of difficulty that still lingers, um, that's still alive. My son might be alive in the presence of the Lord, but the drama is still alive. And and so, you know, the enemy's just fast at work, and you get caught up in yourself, um, you get caught up in your thoughts, you get caught up in the difficulty, and you forget the Lord. And um, we were listening uh, in staff discipleship today, we were listening to another Bible study by Greg Laurie, and, and he said, and I never put it in words like this, but he did, so I'm going to adopt them in my own life, and he said that four things got him through the grief when he lost his son. Number one, it was the word of God, that he didn't rely upon emotions or pop culture opinions, but he stu- stayed firmly in the word of God. And I remember of all the things I was doing, one thing I continued to do was read the Bible. Even I wasn't reading it like a pastor, I was reading it like a desperate, um, maybe like Joseph in the pit, and the word of God. Number two, prayer. My prayers were pretty messy, and uh, they were pretty raw, um, I'm glad they weren't recorded um, because they reflected the depth of anguish in my soul. But I taught God, listen to me. He received my prayer. And I was able to care. I was able to relieve burdens and anxieties and fears. You know, um, thirdly was the church. Now, I have some friends that had significant loss that they were in church the next week. Um, I wasn't that strong. Uh, it took me. 
I don't know, four or five weeks before I got out of the house, you know, really like, uh, and then to come back to here to our church. I actually visited other churches before I came back to our church um, uh, because I felt like I needed to build up um, a little bit of strength before I came back. And quite frankly, I wasn't sure I was coming back. Um, I've shared that with the church. I wasn't sure if I was coming back. So, um, but the church, you know, I was a, I was worshiping. Um, I was um, listening mostly. I, I couldn't sing the songs. Some of the songs I hated. Like I was so mad, um, I couldn't sing them. But Pastor Ian would be faithful to lead us, and I'm just I'm not seeing it. It was it was pretty messy and raw. And maybe you're messy and raw right now, and you think you're a bad Christian. You're not. The Word of God, prayer, church, and worship. Eventually, I did sing the songs. And just this Sunday, Pastor Ian was leading us. Uh, it was so good to be back at church, by the way. I, I love being able to be, go and encourage our missionaries, but man, I love home. I'm a homebody. I love our church, and I love being a part of our church. It's not just because I'm the pastor. It's because this is my church family. But <clears throat> um, uh, we were singing a song, and... This song wasn't around six years ago, but we were singing a song, and I just like posted the phrase right away. It was, I'll praise you in the valleys all the same. Ah, whoever wrote that probably knows the valley very well. So all that to say, um, tonight we are having a special night of worship, and it, excuse me, a night of hope, where we're going to gather together um, we are going to gather together to sing together. We're going to have communion together. We have a special video message by Pastor Greg Laurie, along with Kay Warren, the wife of Pastor Rick Warren, who, as you know, Pastor Rick and Kay lost their son to suicide. And she's going to share on that. We're going to have a resource list to give to you. Um, we're going to pray together. I wish we had the resources, but we just don't because these ideas came too quickly and we didn't have time to order so uh, we're ordering now. They'll probably be here next week. And, um, you know, we just want to serve you. We're going to air it live on the radio. So if you're, if you, uh, and live on our app. And, um, you know, I was going to put together a message, but I just felt like Greg Glory did a better job. And the reason why we're using Greg Glory's um, message is because his church recently had a young 30 year old pastor, uh, Pastor Jared Wilson, commit suicide, leaving behind his wife, Julie. <clears throat> and his two sons. And he had just posted, they had just been at his son's baseball game four hours earlier. And the progression of whatever our brother was going through. We actually had the privilege of meeting Jared. And uh, if you want to know more about the story, you can Google his name, J-A-R-R-I-D Wilson, Harvest Christian Fellowship. And the, it, 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 it's taken, it's all over. It's all over um, the media because our hearts are to stand in the gap that you might get your eyes back on the Lord and that he might sustain you through the deepest times that you're dealing with right now and uh, <clears throat> that you would just grow in his grace and uh, grow in, in, in knowing how much God loves you and there's a plan and a purpose for your life, that God loves you, that God has saved you by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and there, that you are needed on the earth today. So come on out tonight, 7 p.m., Calvary Church right here in Aurora, Colorado. You can go to our website, calvaryco.church, if you want to watch live. <clears throat> and it is a brief broadcast. It's going to be a video sermon, but uh, God uses video, 
Um, we did a campus for a long time. God uses video. And uh, it's going to be Pastor Greg Laurie and Kay Warren. And um, we just want to help. That's all. We want to encourage you. So maybe you've been stuck in your house for a while. Come and sit in the back. We won't impress ourselves on you. But one of the things we're going to do is we're going to pray together. We're going to pray in a circle together. Um, we're going to intercede for one another. We're going to pray for those we know are struggling. And um, we're just going to be available to serve you. So 303-690-3000. Uh, go to our website, calvaryco.church, for more information on where to find us. We're going to go right on to line number... He's the last one. Um, shall I go to Nancy? Sunny. We're going to go to Sunny on line three. Sunny, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor uh, Ed. This has been great. I've been listening to the messages. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, basically need some prayer. Actually, um, the Lord has called me to do different things. One, um, I have been... Um, involved in the legality of America, basically, and the fall that's obvious uh, with all the changes and stuff. So a lot of studies on um, the rules, legalities, and how <clears throat> we now have unchristian behavior everywhere. So I'm just uh, exposing a lot of this. But So how could I be really praying for you? Because... They attacked me with defamation and okay. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> okay. So I just need, you know, just someone just to say, keep going, it's okay. <laughs> you know. Well, let me pray for you. Yeah. Father, I pray for my sister as she uh, deals with the different challenges, as she's standing up for righteousness, <laughs> shining the light of the gospel in a very dark world. And so, Lord, would you fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit? and establish her in love, mercy, and grace um, as she seeks to fulfill your call upon her life. Use her greatly, Lord. Encourage her and strengthen her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise Thank God, so sister. Much. God bless You're you. You're a blessing. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Hey, all lines are open, so I know I talked a little bit, but I really needed to talk today. I need to, I need to invite you. I don't want you to feel alone. I know a lot of people connected us connected to us by the radio have a sense of isolation and they don't really want to be around people. Or even maybe you're in a hospital bed right now or incarcerated and you're unable to be with people. So this is a lifeline to you. So whether you can be with us here today, tonight, 7 p.m., tune in to Grace FM. If you're outside um, you know, listening to the live stream, go to gracefm.com. Uh, listen to the live stream, or if you're up in the metro area, I mean, obviously, you're already listening, 89.7, down in the Springs, 101.7. We're going to have a night of hope tonight where we're going to sing together. Uh, we have the elements of communion available. We're going to have a special video Bible study by Pastor Greg Laurie, who then in, invites Kay Warren to come up, and she shares testimony and resources, and she yeah, equips and educates us on the topic of mental health, sharing from her own personal heart and struggle. And it's a powerful thing. And we just believe that we can't sweep this under the rug. Um, uh, we want to face it head on. And we want to pray for you. And we want to point you to the Lord.
and we want you to have a dose of hope. We, we, we know that the church is not your answer, and your pastor is not your answer, and reading the Bible is not the answer, and your prayer life's not the answer, and singing songs and being in a church building are not the answer. The answer is a, a daily, moment-by-moment abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. He alone paid the price for your sins, and He alone has drawn you into relationship by faith. And maybe today you don't, you, you, the sorrow and sadness you're feeling is actually revealing to you that you don't have a relationship with Creator God, that you've never repented of your sins. It could be that the, the discouragement that you're facing is a revelation of God. He's using it to reveal to you the separation that exists between you and God. And the only way to bridge that separation is to repent of your sins. The idea of that word repent means to turn away from them. Like, like the, the pain that you're feeling is only complicated by your re- resistance to God. The, the pain that you're feeling is only complicated by your um, ex- trying to explain God away. Or, you know, maybe the you've been hurt in a church or hurt by a pastor, so now you've given up on God. But you're not able to get through this without the help of the Lord. Um, truly, the Lord. He, he's referred to as Lord in the Bible on purpose. That means master. It means authority. Um, and I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, <clears throat> where it says, in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, It's for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it's for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you partake of the consolation. I want to read that to you in the New Living Translation. Let me see if I can pull it up here. I don't see it open. So let me pull it up here, um, because I I like the New Living on this. The New Living in 2 Corinthians says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they're troubled, (laughs) we'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we're weighed down with troubles, it's for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Can I just say uh, one more thing? And the lines are open. Um, I know that, that I'm talking, but I'll break in if you want to call. But um, <clears throat> let me just ask the question. It was asked, asked at our staff meeting this morning, so let me just ask and answer it. Is a believer that commits suicide in the presence of the Lord, 
And the answer is yes. That God does not hold us accountable for the last act. Like the last act that we have on earth does not undo the blood of Jesus Christ that covers us from all our sins. <clears throat> now that that is absolutely no excuse. If you're thinking of suicide today, it's no reason, excuse whatsoever to do it. Don't do it. But for those of you suffering from the loss of a loved one, listen to what the Bible says. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. This is only to believers. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you can expect to be reunited with your loved ones who have died in Christ, no matter how. No matter how. It's a horrible, horrific decision. And if you're alive and hearing me today, do not make that decision. Remember the goodness of God. Remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the love of God. That he might be your all in all. That he have, <clears throat> that he would have captured your heart. One of the things Greg Glory said today, and I can testify to it, and that is, yes, I was in the Bible. Yes, I was praying. Yes, I was singing a song. Sometimes when I liked them, when I didn't like them, I didn't sing them. I just sat there. Yes, I was praying, reading the Bible in fellowship. Uh, I was together with other believers but my circumstances didn't change. Um, there was still great loss in my life. There was still great drama. There were still pastors that let me down, uh, that made bad decisions. Um, there was still loss that I can travel to Castle Rock today and uh, uh, my son's grave, grave is still there. And uh, we visited often. I know my son's not there, but his grave is there. Those things haven't changed. Um, many of them, all of them, haven't changed at all in six years. But my perspective's changed. Uh, the fog is cleared up. You know, sometimes grief and pain and sorrow, it doesn't even have to be grief, does it? It could be the loss of a, of a job. It could be financial problems. It could be friendship issues. It could be um, not having a place to live. Like, we are fraught with difficulties, and pain and problems in this world will suffer. But, but here's the thing. In Christ, there's hope. In Christ, there is strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And our hope is for his strength to sustain us today. That my life isn't defined by what people do to me. My life is not defined by what people say about me. My life is not defined by my pain or my particular uh, trial. It's not defined by, my life is not defined by what a pastor did to me or didn't do. Um, I should have never put my hope in man. I should put my hope in the Lord. And when I began to reorient my life toward the things of the Lord, I began to see more clearer. You know, difficulties like the fog, you know, it, it, 
disorients you. You can't see clearly. You don't know what's up ahead. And I was taught very young age. In California, there's a lot of fog, especially in the morning. Uh, I was taught at a very early age, Ed, when you drive in the fog, slow down. Slow down. And what, what do we have here in Colorado? We have snow. And snow has the same disorienting effect when it's falling, especially at night. And you guys know that when you're driving in the snow, especially when there's the possibility of, of ice, slow down. Some of the greatest road frustrations and when people are screaming by and driving fast and spinning out, dry. So, so when your life is in a fog, slow down. Don't make any big decisions when you're in the fog. Slow down. Get back to basics. Get back to the Word. Just read it. Don't read it like a scholar. If you're a pastor, don't read it to study it. Just read it. Just read it. Read it out loud if you can. If you don't feel like reading it out loud, download the free Bible app, Version. Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N, Version. And it'll read to you the New Living Translation. And sometimes that's all I could do. I just put my phone on and just let it read. And just like let it read. Here, I'm going to... Let me see if I can, if this is the New King James. So yeah, it's the, the New King James uh, doesn't read to you, but the New Living Translation does. So here, I'll just, you, you can just hear it. Hope in the Lord's faithfulness. Can you hear that? I am the one who has seen the affliction. Does that go over? From the rod of the Lord's anger. That's Lamentations. So that's as loud as it can go. But it'll read to you. He turned his hand against me. That's Lamentations. Uh, and I'll tell you why I'm in Lamentations because of this verse right here. Um, I sent it to a friend of mine who's really going through something this morning as a pastor friend of mine who woke up to some really difficult things in his church. And um, I was encouraged by that passage in Lamentations that God's mercies are new every morning. And I just sent it to him. And, and so, I mean, you can go to you version. It's free and it'll read you the Bible. But when it's foggy and when there's difficulties, we get back to basics. Uh, we slow down. And, and uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not at all embarrassed to tell you the reality of my life. I wish it never happened. I wish all the difficulties didn't happen. I wish my son was still with me today. I wish I still had good friendships with some of those pastors. I wish, I wish, I wish. But as I was listening to Pastor Chuck even this morning on the way to the office, my life is not my own. Therefore, I don't have the authority to chart the course of my life. My life belongs to Jesus Christ. He bought and paid for my life by his precious blood. He rescued me and delivered me from the deep pit, from the muck and mire of the wreck of my life that's, that my sin had brought me to. He exploded in my life by forgiving my sins, and he is the sole owner of my life. And some of the greatest difficulties that I face are actually not with other people, as painful as those might be. They're not with, I don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? It's against principality and power. The greatest difficulty I find in my life, and perhaps you see it in yours, is when I want to take the reins of my life again. When I say to God, I don't like this, and I'm going to take things into my own hands. And even if you do that in your mind, you 
you just got to submit it to the Lord and let him flood you with his grace and his mercy and his peace. You can cry your heart out. You can cry until there's no more tears. You can cry out to the Lord. But whatever you do, please do it to the Lord. Don't isolate yourself. Pull yourself away from the word, from prayer, from fellowship, from worship. And I just know I'm living proof things do get better. The fog does clear. You do begin to see clearly again. And suicide is never the answer. It's a, temp- it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And it will severely harm you and everyone that loves you. Give the ones that love you a chance to help you, please. Because things will get better. And so some of you just need to get up and take a shower. Get dressed and come out to Calvary tonight for a night of hope. We would love to host you. We're not asking anything from you. We're just going to serve you. We're going to give you a flyer. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray for you. Um, You know, as a staff and a team today, we talked about some real difficult things to prepare ourselves to serve you, just to love on you and point you to the Lord. And there's nothing special about our church. Any other church can do this. But tonight we've rearranged our whole service for you. Come on out. Calvary Church, Hampton and Tower. We'll be here at 7 p.m. Go to our website, calvaryco.church, and we'd love to serve you. Listen online if you need to. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.